you for victory, Jesus. Thank you for victory, Lord. Amen, amen, amen. Somebody shout praise the Lord. You turn with me to the book of Jeremiah. The book of Jeremiah. Verse 11. Chapter 3, verse 11, excuse me. So appreciate everybody here at the house of the Lord today. Amen. Victory belongs to the Lord. It's not in us. It's in Him. Amen. We appreciate um, Brother Mahoney being here. He's back in our sound booth. Brother Mahoney, would you just wave your hand back there? Everybody can see you. We appreciate him being here. He's been working with our IT and sound department since Friday and just trying to bring a spirit of excellence and training to our team. And, and uh, we, we believe in doing things for the Lord the best that we can. And uh, we believe he's the best among us in the United Pentecostal Church and does training. We just had a weekend of training with some of our team and we're so thankful that he took time to be with us today from Pearland, Texas. Amen. Won't we give him another hand of appreciation? Praise God. I don't want to ever stop learning, do you? Praise God. The book of Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 11, And the Lord said unto me, The backsliding Israel hath justified herself more than treacherous Judah. The backsliding Israel hath justified herself more than treacherous Judah. Go and proclaim these words toward the north and say, Return, thou backsliding Israel, saith the Lord, and I will not cause mine anger to fall upon you. For I am merciful, saith the Lord, and I will not keep anger forever. How many believe that about the Lord? The Bible says that he's slow to anger and he is quick to forgive. Only, verse 13, only acknowledge thine iniquity that thou hast transgressed against the Lord thy God and hast scattered thy ways to the strangers under every green tree and ye have not obeyed my voice saith the Lord turn turn that word turn actually means in the New Testament the word repent turn O backsliding children saith the Lord for I am married unto you and I will take you one of a city and two of a family and I will bring you to Zion. And I will give you pastors according to mine heart which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. Verse 16, and it shall come to pass. That's prophecy. When you repent, you acknowledge your sin and you repent. It shall come to pass. Somebody shout, there's a promise. When ye be multiplied, and increased in the land in those days, said the Lord, they shall say no more the Ark of the Covenant. He goes on and talks a few things, but he, 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 says, he says in verse 21, a voice was heard upon the high places, weeping and supplications of the children of Israel, for they have perverted their way. They have forgotten the Lord their God. Here it is again. Turn or return ye backsliding children and I will what heal your backslidings behold we come unto thee for, out, for thou art the Lord our God truly in vain is salvation hoped for from the hills 
and from the multitude of mountains. Truly in the Lord our God is the salvation of Israel. Verse 24, here's the problem. For shame hath devoured the labor of our fathers from our youth. Verse 25, we lie in our shame and our confusion covereth us. For we have sinned against the Lord our God. We and our fathers from our youth even unto this day and have not obeyed the voice of the Lord our God. What's keeping you from coming back to him is shame. We don't want to bear the shame of our mistake. And he said, don't justify yourself anymore. Quit trying to make yourself feel better about what you did. Own it and acknowledge it. And go and what? What did he say? Only, verse 13, read it again, then I'm going to let you be seated. Only acknowledge thine iniquity. Somebody shout, I messed up. Somebody shout, I backslid. I disobeyed God. You have to own the mistake to be forgiven of it. That's the point. And today I want to teach you and preach for a little while on how to come back to God. Because I believe you can come back to God. Amen. Let's lift our hands. Let's ask God to minister to each of us. Lord, I'm praying today that you would touch the saints of the anchor, those that are watching by way of the web. I just pray that, Lord, there would be a moving of conviction and restoration. We love you, Jesus. We thank you, God, for who you are and what we feel. I pray today that you would minister, God, to every single person in this building. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And everybody says, amen. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to own it. God bless you as you're seated. Romans tells us that all have, have what? All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Psalms 78 tells us that they forgot God and his works from Egypt even till now. They list in Psalm 78 the things that God had done, but they forgot his work, such as bringing them out of Egypt and splitting the Red Sea and the ten plagues. and They forgot his Works And he said, I would have destroyed them, but they were just flesh. They were just flesh. This flesh that we live in, Paul made a statement about it. He said, when I would do good, what? Evil is present with me. In me is no good thing, for sin is in my members. When you begin to talk about us and we and I, you begin to define the understanding that we are all susceptible to failure and walking away from God. I would never, we say, I would never do that. Jesus told his disciples, he said, one of you, you're going to deny me. And Simon Peter said, maybe James and John and maybe some of the others, but not me. He said, Simon, you will deny me three times before the cock crows. Oh, Lord, not me. I'll never walk away from you. I, would, I can never deny you. And You go to the garden and, 
and Judas Iscariot shows up to betray the Lord and kisses him on the cheek and and the soldiers come in behind and to arrest the Lord and who was it? The bold Simon Peter jumps out and pulls out his sword and he goes to cut Malchus's uh, head off. In reality, the soldier that was coming to take Jesus and cuts him on the ear. Ear falls to the ground and Jesus said, Simon, put your sword up. Reaches and takes the ear and puts it back on Malchus's head and somehow as the master creator, he puts it there, removes the blood and heals that man in the garden of Eden. and says, Simon, that's not how we fight this. He was bold, he had faith, and he never dreamt that he could ever fail God. But last Sunday, I preached about it. The Bible says in Luke that when Simon Peter, after this point, followed the Lord afar off, when he allowed the Lord to get at a distance, when his time with the Lord became shorter and more distant, the Bible says that Simon sat down among them. It is a dangerous place to allow the Lord to get at a distance. It's a dangerous place to allow the things of God to become less important to you. I step in this pulpit as a pastor to feed you and to help you today. But there is no one in the room that is, that is exempt from backsliding. There's no one in the room that is exempt from walking away from God. The Bible says to keep your heart. Everybody hold your heart in your hand for a moment. To keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it come the issues of life. He said it this way. That the heart is desperately wicked above all things. Who can know it? Over the years I've heard people say, oh preacher, I know my heart. That is not a true statement. Your heart will deceive you. In Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verse 9, he says it this way. He said, go ahead young man. Go ahead and do what's ever in your heart. Walk according to what you see with your eyes. But just remember that God will bring you into judgment. Can I preach to this congregation? We need to pray, but prayer does not always feel good. We need to go to church, but it's not always convenient. We need to read our Bible, but it's not always what we want to do in the evening. But he said, you've got to guard your heart with all diligence. Can I preach to you today? Because there is an adversary, the devil, that's trying to penetrate your walk with God. He's trying to separate you from the things of God. But I know that I'm preaching to a group of people that, that are here today that are saying things like, we can overcome. Greater is he that is with us than he that's in the world. Salvation's too important. Eternity is too long. Amen. Paul said, he said, I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things that come. He said, he said, height, nor death, nor any other creature shall what? Separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There's got to get a fight inside of you that says, I'm not going to let the devil separate me from God. I'm not going to let culture pull me away from the things of God. I'm not going to let my own flesh keep me from worshiping God. I'm going to live for God. 
Oh, clap your hands and praise him. The Bible says that which can be shaken will be shaken. If you can be tempted out of the church, you will be tempted out of the church. If you can be offended away from God, then you will be offended away from God. If you can be led astray, then you will be led astray. What am I saying? Is that there is a war on your soul. There is a target on your head. There's a target on your family. But I hear it from the book of of Jeremiah. He said, but if you will turn to me and you will acknowledge your transgression, you will acknowledge your sin. He said it this way. He said, there's gonna be multiplication. He said, but when you turn, O backsliding children, saith the Lord, he said, for I am married to you. I am in covenant with you. I will take you one of a city and two of a family, and I will bring you to Zion. He said, if you will turn to me, he said, in the city of chaos, in a nation of immorality, he said, I will reach and I will pull you to the place that I've desired you to be. What he's saying is this, there's no sin too great to keep you from getting to where God wants you to be. I feel like preaching. There's nothing that you've done that you can't be forgiven of for God to begin to restore your family, God to begin to restore your life and your mind and your spirit. He said, I just need you to turn to me. Amen. Amen. The book of Nehemiah, the book of Nehemiah chapter 1, I want us to turn there. Israel ends up in bondage. For 70 years because they want to do the things of the world. They want to live the way of the world. People do not backslide overnight. They do not. I get concerned when I see in scripture. I see Saul who becomes slain by the enemy. The Amalekite kills him. He dies and when David, the king, David who becomes the king gets the word. He says, oh... How are the mighty fallen? How are the mighty fallen? How did that person that was anointed of God have destiny, use mighty of the Lord, but now they're dead? They're no longer in church. They no longer live for God. They're living out in sin. How are the mighty fallen? There's a verse that says, hear a little. And they're a little. It's just line upon line, precept on precept. The, the devil's a slow operator. He, 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 he's, he's not trying to get you to fail overnight. He would love that. But he studies you and he, he, he waits on you patiently. I believe the enemy assigns an enemy to your world that patiently waits for the entrapment to get you to get away from God. I mean, no one day of not reading your Bible will lead to two weeks of not reading your Bible. And I mean, realize that one day of not going to the house of God can lead to months of not going to the house of God. And, and uh, I mean, realize that one week without fasting can lead to months without fasting. And one day without prayer can lead to weeks without prayer. And, 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 and Saul was this man that was anointed, head and shoulders taller than anybody. He was handpicked of God to lead the children of God. But all of a sudden, some decades later, he falls away. It's not overnight. It's just so minuscule 
of one inch at a time that, well, today doesn't matter. It's just today. But if you add up today and tomorrow, the next day, and here little, it's not longer till inches become long distances. No one came to the Lord and bent their knee and gave their life to God. And they, 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 they received that which we were singing about today, the joy of the Lord, which is your strength. And man, I love living for God. It feels so good to be free. Pastor, I have not tell me, Pastor, when's the next church service? Oh, it's Wednesday. You mean I have to wait till Wednesday? Is there anything going on tomorrow? Uh, no, I'm sorry, we don't have anything going on. How about Tuesday? Is there anything going on? Well, you know, we have a, a, a daughter working in McConnellsville. There's church down there if you want to go. I'm going to go, I'm going to go because I've never felt this good. I, I just, I just want to be in the house of the Lord. I just want to go as much as I can. And, and on Wednesday night they come back. Oh, it feels so good to be in the house of the Lord. And Is there anything going on between now and Sunday? Oh, yeah, we got, we got a revival going on down here. Oh, I'm going to go. You go there and there they are. Why? Because they were glad. When they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. How I many know what I'm talking about? When you couldn't wait to get home to read the Bible. You looked forward to that morning, getting up and brewing a cup of coffee and sitting down and reading the scripture. Are you here when I'm preaching right now? You couldn't wait to have a little time alone with God until all of a sudden the time alone with God is swamped with busy schedules and things you got to do and you're behind. and You never dreamt that your time with God would be viewed as an obligation and a job instead of the joy. How did you get from the joy of the Lord to the obligations to Him? It wasn't overnight. It was just here a little and there a little. It was... Just allowing a little bit of idol worship in your life. Allowing a little bit of culture in your world. It's allowing a few things that you knew God wouldn't approve of. But it's just today. and It's not long until your desire to live for God is gone. And you have forgotten God in your decisions. Don't even pray before you buy the car. You don't even pray before you buy the house. Don't even pray before you accept the job. You don't even pray before you make a huge family decision. You don't even pray. You're just, you're, just, you're just doing what you think you need to do and you're not acknowledging God. And you have to be careful because that's what God said about Noah's generation. When there was none righteous in the world, the Bible says their imaginations were wicked and they did not retain God in their knowledge. They did not even acknowledge God in anything we do. You know, Jesus, before he chose his disciples, he prayed all night long. Why? Because choices matter. Well, I feel like preaching right now. Before you uproot your family and move, you ought to be seeking God about it. Before you take the job, you ought to be on your knees. Is it the will of God or is it a distraction? How many believe that? Before you choose your spouse, you ought to be praying to God about it. Can you say Amen. God forbid we get to a point, and this is the point of the message, one of the major points of today, is that we have to be careful to not acknowledge God because when he reviews generations, he said they did not even acknowledge God. Children of Israel forgot God. And with that, the Bible says that the Lord brought bondage to them. He put them under Babylonian captivity. Why? To wake them up because eternity matters can I ask this congregation a question today? If the Lord came today, would you be saved? If God came today, the trumpet sound, would you go? Or would you have too many weights holding you down? Sins and things God doesn't approve of. 
Are you righteous today? And I'm not one that believes once saved, always saved. I believe that he that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. Come on, how many of you have ever had some battles to fight for your salvation? Can I get a hand raised? The devil thought, I told people, I said, watch what happens. I, I, actually, the Bible says the battle once you're first enlightened. Meaning that when you first come to God, the enemy does everything he can to get you out. How many know that? I can't tell you how many times somebody comes, they, they give their life to the Lord, and uh, I'm like, it's important to be at church. It's important to be at the house of God. You need to be at the house of God. It's, it's a place of, 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 of balance. Balance is temporal and eternal things. How many know that? And it brings alignment to your life to get you back on track because all we like sheep have Come on, how many's ever went astray? Got busy, went astray. I have, I have, absolutely. And, um, and, and what you find is that going to the house of God, it brings things back into alignment. And I have told people, I went to the house before and I said, listen, you need to be at God's house. You need to be here. And um, uh, I, when I was 15 years old, one of the first persons to the Lord, I'd call them, man, they were so, they were delivered, they were set free, it was powerful, powerful experience with God. And I'd call them, i say, you gonna be at church on you going to be at church tonight? Well, you know, I'm not sure. I said, hold on a minute. 15-year-old boy, I'd take off running down the sidewalk, run down the town where my, where my buddy lived that I wanted the Lord, run up steps, go in his house because I had access to their home. I'd go up there and he'd be sitting on the side of the bed. And I'd say, you going to go to church tonight? Well, you know, I don't know. I was thinking about going fishing. I said, if you miss one, you're going to miss two. You miss two, you, it'd be a month. It says, next, next thing you know, you're back where you were. I said, you don't want that, do you? And, oh, no, I don't want that. I don't want to go back to where I was. All right, I'll stay right here. Put your clothes on. Let's go to church tonight. Go there. And he said, oh, I'm so thankful that you I'm so thankful that you came and got me. And, uh, and you know, until the root system began to grow in their life and they were able to make it on their own. But, but I have watched people over the years that when they come to the Lord, that soon as church is about to start, I mean, we're going to miss every now and then because of something with sickness and maybe over time and a vacation. I understand that. It's not what I'm talking about. But what I'm saying is I've seen people come to the house of God, uh, Brother Redmond, and they give their life to the Lord. And then the next service, just before they come, a friend stops by. It's distractions in their world. The family, the family shows up. It's not that the family's being used of the devil. It's just, it's just, it's not that. It's just the seemingly it's distractions. And what I've told people is you've got to learn to set patterns that are consistent. You go to your prayer time and the phone rings. And you go and your, your phone alerts you. And how many know what I'm talking about? You go to pray and seek God, and there's always an interruption. You know what I've said? You've got to be devoted to the path that you're setting. And here's what I'll tell people when they come to church. When the family stops by, I say, I'm so glad you're here. Won't you go to church with me? I don't want to go to church with you. I'll tell you what. Pastor usually doesn't preach that long. I got the microphone so I can say whatever I want to. Amen. Pastor usually doesn't preach that long. I'll be right back and we'll go get something to eat. Y'all just stay here. The, 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 the Coke's in the refrigerator, some sweet tea. I'll be home, but I'm going to the house of God. Why? Because nothing's worth your soul. Nothing's worth having a pattern that gets you away from God. Amen. Amen. 
Brother Nehemiah, did I not teach it? I said, even if you come late, you need to come. If it's midweek and you worked over, you, you, you got your work clothes on, show up. Because there's got to get something in you that says, I need to hear the word from the preacher. I need to hear the word of the Lord. I need to raise my hands in the house of God. I think we ought to jump to our feet and clap our hands and shout hallelujah for a moment. Thank God for his word. Thank God for his spirit. Thank God for the move of the Holy Ghost. Amen, amen, amen. You never know what you're going to miss at the house of God. That's right. God's got a tailored word. How many times in my life have I been at the house of God and the preacher, you may be seated, the preacher had a direct word for me. Amen. Come in and you're about to make a decision. Preacher doesn't even know what he's saying, but it gets up and says, I just feel like somebody's about to make a decision. And da, 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 da. Be careful because this is where it's going to go and this is, where it's, this is what God would have for you. We need alignment in our lives. Amen. I said we need alignment. And there's sometimes the miracle in your life is going to only happen when you are around people that you can agree with. The Bible says, Psalms 1, 1, Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, Who's ever known everybody's willing to give advice? A lot of times people always want to give advice, don't even live it themselves. They're living a destructive life and they want to tell you how to live yours. How many know what I'm talking about? The Bible says don't take counsel from ungodly people. You need counsel from the godly. And there's something that happens when your spirit begins to agree. People of faith, people of righteousness. When you get in here, and preaching's going on, and you're saying amen to the word, and truth is being preached, there comes alignment to your spirit. Everybody take your hand and do like this. Alignment. How many's ever got out of line? But you came in, and the preacher preached in the amen corner. The Holy Ghost started moving, and it, it straightened you up. Why have I been thinking that way? Honey, I'm sorry for my attitude. You tell the kids, I'm sorry for the, what I've been doing. I should have never left that in the house. I, at church today, I just, God, it's like he turned a light on my world. I can't believe. I'm sorry. Oh, God, I'm sorry for the way I've been doing. I'm sorry for the things that's been distracting me. You know what, devil? You're not getting me. You almost had me. But I went to church today, and God has revealed to me the trick and the trap of the enemy. I'm coming out of this mess Come on, we've got a better thing than what we've been doing. God has a better plan for our life. Somebody say amen. amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Brother Brian, the Lord heard your prayer. You just hold on to the promise. God's going to work out a way that you never imagined, Brother Brian Wine. I'm telling you what I feel in the Holy Ghost. God knows I want you both to stand, Brian and Lisa, stand. The Lord called you all here. And I know you're dealing with a situation right now, but God's heard your prayer. I want you to lift your hands in the name of the Lord Jesus. God, you've heard the prayer of this couple. I am believing for the miracle that they have prayed for. We're believing for a stirring that, God, you declare the end from the beginning. And when it seems like the way is cloudy, God, you know what we do not know. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Clap your hands and thank God for his word. Amen. Who would ever thought... Then on a Wednesday night, we would see 31 people declare healings. Sunday, Wednesday night, Brother Wade was here. Spirit of the Lord began to talk to us. I'll get back to Nehemiah in a moment here. But the Lord began to move in this church on Wednesday. Brother Mark Mahler was here. 
who's been out of work since September because he, he messed his knee up very, very bad and was put off work, had to have surgery. I was with him just a couple weeks ago. He was doing some visitations with me, ministry visitations, and he was in such pain, and he'd have to swing that leg of his around like that. During the service, God healed Brother Mark Muller. That's right. He began to leap up and down. He said, I've been healed. He said, look at this, Pastor. I'm healed. He ran up and down the steps. Come on, it's okay to celebrate what God's doing. I'm glad to tell you, he went back to the doctor on Thursday and they released him back to work. Amen. Because there's a healer in this room that can take care of your situations. Somebody shout hallelujah. I want you to look at your... I want you to look at the person beside you and say, I do not want to be lost. I want you to look at somebody near you and say, do not let me be lost. If I get out of alignment, call me, line me out, and pray for me. But don't let me, come on, y'all saying all this stuff? I'm trying to turn all of you into preachers, amen. Look at your neighbor and say, don't let me be lost. Come on. Eternity's too long. Come on, tell your neighbor, eternity's too long. Life's too short. Hell's too hot. And heaven's too sweet. Let's not miss it. Let's not miss it. Come on, how many want to make it? The devil would love to destroy you and your family. He'd love to take you to hell. But I'm not going to hell, devil. I'll make a declaration. I'm going to make it. I will be saved. My family will be saved. I will make it. Come on, clap your hands and shout hallelujah. Amen. Somebody shout with me. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. You may be seated. I have over the years, I've watched people that have rebelled against God, such as the prodigal son. You can't chase, re you can't chase rebellious people. You can't. They, they choose their path. They have to figure it out. You know what? The prodigal son, you do not see the father chasing him. Am I right or wrong? Why? He's going to have to learn the hard way. He's going to end up in the pig pen. He's going to lose everything he has. Hawk slop's going to look good to him. And then we believe he's going to come to himself. When he does, we need to have a welcome committee. The Bible says that the father ran to him, embraced him. We believe that the rebellious son can come home. God forbid he come home to a dead church, a boring church. God forbid he come home to a judgmental church that doesn't accept him back. Amen. That's not going to happen here. I'm going to tell you right now, thank God for a church that believes in restoration and forgiveness. Amen. He said, he said in the same chapter that there was a, a, a sheep that went astray. He left the 99. Why? There's power in togetherness. That's right. Power in togetherness. I've preached that here many times. The lion cannot attack a flock. It's too confused. How many have ever seen in the cage a, a, a lion tamer, he's got a, a chair in the cage. How many have ever seen that? I don't want anything to do with that type of stuff. I don't know where those people come from. Get in a cage with a lion. What in the world? But they have a chair and they hold the chair up. 
It doesn't look like much, but the chair is their defense. Why? Because the way a lion is created, it cannot choose. It cannot attack when it has options. And there's four points on, a, on, the, on the chair legs. Are y'all, are y'all hearing what I'm saying? And when it holds a chair up, it can't decide which point to attack. And so it has paralysis by the analysis of that. That's why Jesus was willing to leave the 99 because the devil can't take you when you're in numbers. He didn't know who to attack. So he roars to bring fear and to scatter. And when you're by yourself, he knows exactly who to attack. Alone. And that's why the enemy moves in to a church and tries to separate through offense. They don't love me. They don't care about me. When you start hearing, they don't care about me, I don't fit in, that person didn't shake my hand, somebody didn't talk to me, whatever, and you begin to slip away, you know it was a trick of the enemy. That's right. You need to read the book, The Bait of Satan. That's a powerful book that you need to read. And I'll tell you what, we need to, Brother Britton, we'll have some ordered and set out here for next week. The Bait of Satan. You can download it online. It's not that much, but it's a powerful book. If we're not careful, we will let the devil slip in and separate us from the body that God called us to. How many have ever been there? I've been there. And Jesus leaves the 99, talks about leaving and going after the one lamb. And he carries it home. Why? Because it was innocent in its, in its separation. Sometimes it's innocent. I have a preacher friend of mine that backslid. I asked him, I said, what happened? He said, I started working too much overtime. That's what he told me. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? He said, I started working too much overtime. He said, he said I, I just took these extra days trying to get stuff caught up. He said, I never dreamt that I'd get to where I am. I lost all desire to be in the house of God and live for God. Because I went to him, I said, I beg, I, I told him, I said, listen, I get on my knees. If it's me, because he wouldn't answer my, my phone call, wouldn't respond to my text, we were, we were best friends. I said, I'll get on my knees. I did. I went to his home. I said, I'll get on my knees. If I've done anything to offend you, I do not want to be in the way of somebody not living for God. I said, if I've done anything to offend you, I'm asking for forgiveness. He said, it's not you. I just went astray. And here's what I'm preaching. And Jesus says, Except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. To think that a boxing saint would get the same judgment as a heathen. Somebody never lived for God. The whoremonger and the idolater and the witches. You say, that's a strong statement. You believe that? I do believe that. See how quiet it is in here? But we think that He's just going to maybe, no, the Bible says if the righteous are scarcely saved, where shall the sinner and the ungodly appear? We have to be careful to slip away and our families to let them slip away. Y'all hear what I'm saying? This is truth. I'm preaching truth. He said, except ye repent, ye shall all what? Likewise perish. Likewise is a comparison word. That means you will perish like the whoremonger and the idolater and, the, and those in witchcraft and those in murder, murders and drunkenness. How many believe I'm preaching truth right now? And he looks at Israel and he says to them, 
but I don't want you to perish. I am married to you. It says in the book of Nehemiah, he makes a statement. Everybody say, I. Nehemiah makes a statement in Nehemiah chapter 1. He starts repenting. He said, verse 6, let's look at it. Nehemiah 1 and 6, they've been 70 years in captivity to Babylon. Why did God let them go to captivity? Why? So it would get their attention. I'd rather God judge me and I get saved than just to let me go. Let thine ear now be attentive. This is probably third out of four weeks of preaching about this stuff. Let thine ear now be attentive and thine own eyes open that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant which I pray before thee now day and night for the children of Israel thy servants and confess the sins of the children of Israel which we have sinned against thee. Everybody say we have sinned. Notice what he says. Both I and my father's house have sinned. We have. Everybody say we have dealt you know what, let's just read this together. Go back to the previous verse. Everybody say, both I and my father's house have sinned. Read it, verse 7 together. We have dealt very corruptly against thee and have not kept the commandments, nor the statutes, nor the judgments which thou commandest thy servant Moses. Verse 8. Remember, I beseech thee, the word that thou commandest thy servant Moses saying, if ye transgress, I will scatter you abroad among the nations. But I like verse 9. He said it's a commandment. Lord, please remember what you told Moses. That if we transgress, you would scatter us. But verse 9, but if ye turn unto me. Let me word it this way. If ye repent unto me and keep my commandments and what? Do them. Though there were of you cast out unto the uttermost part of the heaven, yet will I gather them from thence. Will bring them unto the place that I have chosen to set my name there. Are you ready for me to preach for a minute? This is what he said. He said, Lord, I've sinned. My father's house of sin. We broke the commandment. We did not keep your law. It's our fault. But remember what you told Moses? He did say that we would end up in the condition that we're in if we transgress. But Lord, that's not all of the commandment you told Moses. You said if we would return unto you, that though we were scattered out, to the uttermost part of the heavens that you would gather us back to the place that you have for us. You know what that word means, scattered to the uttermost part of the heavens means? That is an exaggerated term. If we were scattered to some other planet somewhere, God's arm is not too short that he cannot bring you back again and your family back again to the place of blessing, to a place of restoration, to a place of healing. I'm preaching to somebody that you went astray, but God said, if you'll just repent, I'm going to bring it all back together again. Clap your hands and say amen. Sin scatters, but repentance gathers. I want everybody to say, sin scatters and repentance gathers. Say it again. Sin scatters and repentance gathers. Today, we've got a choice to make. Are we going to live a life that's going to scatter us or are we going to live a life that's going to gather us? 
gather to what? Blessing and abundance and joy and peace. I think somebody ought to clap your hands and say, there's a gathering happening today. One prayer could create a gathering in this room that everything sin scattered, everything that sin pushed away, God can start bringing back to the fold. Is there anybody in the room that says, I want God to gather me to his blessing, God to gather me to his bosom, God to gather me. Somebody shout gathering. Brother Nehemiah, there's a gathering in this room. It is happening right now. While we speak, the hand of the Lord is reaching for your backslidden family. What sin scattered, God is going to gather. And in Jeremiah, my text was simple. He says it this way. How do I return? How do I get, how do you return? And he said, number one, number one, Quit justifying it. And the Lord said unto me, The backsliding Israel hath justified herself. Well, I backslid because I got offended. Don't justify it. Let's stand. I'm closing. Got just a few points here. We're going to come this often. We're going to, we're, everybody in the building is going to repent today. Everybody. Guests are going to repent. Every elder and preacher is going to repent. Every season, saints going to repent because that's what we do. Somebody say amen. How I many know we all need to repent? Paul said, I die daily. That's what he's talking about. Man, I feel an unction of the Holy Ghost upon me. He said, the backsliding Israel hath justified herself. Quit blaming it on everything but yourself. Now, I realize some things seem justifiable. If my husband would have treated me better. If, if the crisis in the economy hadn't happened, I got discouraged. I realize all that. But God does not want you to blame your decision on somebody else. He says it this way. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. He said forgive those that tried to pull you away from God. How many's ever had something or somebody try to pull you away from God? Boy, I got my hands up. I can't tell you. How many's ever had culture to try to pull you away from God? How many's ever had family try to pull you away from God? How many's ever had yourself to pull you away from God? That's the number one problem. It's that devil you look at in the morning that's brushing your teeth. Amen. Eating your cereal and wearing your clothes. He nailed the he he nailed he nailed the flesh to the cross. Oh, somebody shout amen. Let there be a hearty amen. It was me. At the end of the day, I'm the one that let offense become bitter. I'm the one that looked too long, made the decision without prayer. I'm the one that stopped praying. I'm the one quit going to church. I'm the one who quit reading my Bible. It was me. Everybody shout, quit justifying it. How many's ever justified it? I have. If that had never happened to me, I'd have never done this. Quit justifying it. He said grow and proclaim these words toward the north and say return. I've come with a word from God for this church. Return thou backsliding Israel, saith the Lord, and I will not cause mine anger to fall upon you, for I am merciful. Amen? 
said the Lord, and I will not keep anger forever. Verse 13, I want us to see it. Jeremiah 3.13 Only acknowledge thine iniquity. You want to be forgiven? Acknowledge that you have sinned. I sinned. I picked it up. I started the habit. I'm the one that put things in front of God. Everybody shout, shout acknowledge thine iniquity. That thou hast transgressed against the Lord thy God and has scattered thy ways to the strangers under every green tree and ye have not obeyed my voice. He said the reason things are scattered in your world it's your fault. You scattered it through disobeying my voice. He said but I'm going to give you pastors. They're going to feed you. They're going to care for you. I'm not here bragging myself but God sent me to you to pray you out. To preach you out. Come on, to love you. And to show the love of God and the mercy of God. I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to turn you around today. And he goes on to say, if you'll do this, the pastors, according to my heart, verse 15, shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. Sometimes we slip away because we just did not understand. How many ever slipped away on accident? Some of you said, but I was the rebellious one. It was me. I was going to do it my own way. But you figured out it didn't work either. And watch what he says. And it shall come to pass. I want everybody to shout. And it shall come to pass. When ye be multiplied and increased in the land in those days, they shall say no more. He said, you're going to be multiplied and increase because I'm going to gather you to Zion. That's where my name is. That's where my blessing is. And in this room today, God has sent me to tell you, don't justify it. Acknowledge it. Repent of it. And prophecies on its, on its way of gathering. Amen. There's been people in my life that I walk up to them and say, the Lord told me to tell you. I wasn't making a suggestion. I was giving them a commandment. I'm not up here preaching suggestions today. It's the commandment of the Lord. But he said, if you will obey my commandment, he said, everything that's scattered, I'm going to start gathering back to where it was supposed to be. I want you to lift your hands, everyone in the building, begin to pray. Lord, we receive your word today. and repentance somebody begin to repent I'm sorry God I'm sorry for being so busy and not praying not reading my Bible oh God I'm sorry for sinning and transgressing Lord I don't want to be lost I don't want my family to be lost Lord, I'm believing for a turnaround. I'm believing, God, you will forgive me today. I acknowledge my sin. Come on, pray that prayer.
I confess my sins. Come on, it's confession time right now. I'm sorry, God, for not being forgiving, for not being understanding. It was me. I could have changed it. I followed them instead of you. I let them sway me instead of obeying your voice. God, I'm sorry. confession time right now with you and the Lord you can kneel, you can come to the altar they're going to sing hallelujah but I preach the word, it's up to you to respond, but I'm telling you what God's going to do, if you'll repent today you're going to see the gathering and the scattering is going to stop today is a changing day for you and your family, today I acknowledge come on all over the building, let's begin to pray, I suggest kneeling at your seat we're coming to the altar and praying. I think we ought to get on our knees. Everybody in the room that's physically able, I want you on your knees. Whether at your seat or here, I want everybody on your knees talking to the Lord. I'm sorry, God. I acknowledge I failed. I should have never committed that sin. Come to